0: It's the Pete Kaliner Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Kaliner is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it, and I appreciate sponsors of the program, patrons such as Shan, Joseph, Dan, Brian, John, Robbie, and uh Sarah, Karen, Manuel, Jeff, and Nicole couldn't do the show without you guys. They became patrons. Go to the dot You can become a patron as well. Get exclusive content. And uh you can also click the subscribe button while you're there. And then you get the podcast every day right to your smartphone or tablet. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to come to the website. You don't have to search for it. You don't say, how do I spell Pete's last name? Is it with a K or a C? It's with a K, but you don't even have to remember that after you just subscribe. It's so easy. Um, All right. So I'm going to get into um, some of the recent coverage now of Madison Cawthorn. The congressman from North Carolina's 11th district. Uh, This is the western part of the state. There's a if memory serves, I think 13 counties right in the in the district, or maybe yeah, maybe not. Um, maybe that's just the 13 counties that comprise Western North Carolina, but it doesn't matter. The point is it has the city of Asheville. It has Buncombe County, sort of a blue dot in a sea of red. And one of the things that I hear all the time from people on the left when they criticize Madison Cawthorne uh, and his predecessor, Mark Meadows, by the way, this was the exact same um, line of attack they used, which was the only reason he has a seat is because of gerrymandering. And that's not true. I've covered this repeatedly over the last uh, two years or so. Um, it's, it's not due to gerrymandering. It's due to the way people vote. And I know that this may be uh, shocking for people on the left to hear, but the vast majority of people in Western North Carolina do not agree with you about almost anything, (laughs) just about almost anything. Uh, We recognize that like you found Western North Carolina within the last decade and you're like, oh, this is so fantastic. But there are a lot of people that have been living here for a lot longer and uh, they have different political viewpoints than you, even though they're still registered as Democrats. This is one of the things that a lot of folks uh, on the left can't wrap their minds around is that, you know, they think that history began with them and, uh, you know, with their birth. And look, I mean, that's a lot of people on the right believe that as well. Um, It's just, you know, you, you know, your own frame of reference, you know. So they think, well, uh, you know, the the Democratic Party is where all of us leftists hang out. This is who we vote for. And so therefore, uh, it just makes sense that Democrat equals leftist. And that's not the case, especially when you get into these more rural areas, particularly in Appalachia. You've got a lot of people that are registered Democrats because their parents were and because their parents' parents were and their parents' 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 parents were. It's just they've always been Democrats and the political machines. That uh, have existed in uh, a lot of these counties, uh, they just got sort of taken over from the inside. So you have a lot of people that are still registered as Democrats, but they are not leftists. Buncombe County, the city of Asheville, is a is a case study in this, and it happened within the last decade, where. You had more conservative Democrats that began getting ousted from their internal positions inside the party. And the system that was created to protect the Democratic Party power structure from Republican challengers now protects leftists from more moderate Democrat challengers. Yeah, funny how that happens sometimes. At any rate, all of that, as I know, it's a bit of a digression here. But the point here is that uh, you have a lot of Democrats in the western part of the state that are registered Democrats, but they vote Republican, and that's why the district is a Republican district. You have a lot of, obviously, Republican voters as well. You have a lot of unaffiliated voters, such as myself, and uh, they tend to vote more Republican and more conservative. Not that you can't get elected, um... In some of these local races, I mean, Buncombe County is a perfect example. The county commission is almost entirely controlled by Democrats now. It probably will be unless there's some major change in the the district line drawing in Buncombe County. City of Asheville is completely controlled by Democrats. Uh, Their city council is, you know, completely left of center, Uh, or as they call it, you know, that's a representative body. Um, That's how they, you know, it's like in the county commission as well. It's, you know, all... All Democrats, I think one Republican left is Robert Presley. And again, unless they do something serious with the lines, he will be uh, voted out if he runs again. And a Republican won't be even on the county commission. And those are what Democrats call fair maps. Those are fair maps. So no, Madison Cawthorn did not get elected because of gerrymandering. Madison Cawthorn got elected because he beat Linda Bennett in a primary and then the runoff. Well, he didn't beat her in the primary. She came in first in the primary but he came in second so they went to a runoff and he he beat her very badly i mean he he won by a lot it was like a 2 to 1 vote margin in the primary that's why he's in congress oh and by the way that the democrats fielded uh, a loose cannon you know guy who who delved into uh, violence porn on his twitter account talking about stomping on people's necks, well, Republicans stomping on Republicans necks and grinding them down into the pavement with the heel of your boot, like really graphic kind of visualizations of the kind of violence he would like to exact upon half of his constituency, right? That's like he's running to be the representative of half of the constituency that is of the other political mindset, and he's talking about committing acts of violence against them and being justified in doing so. And when those tweets finally came out, um, and people started, finally started reporting on those, uh, his his campaign hit the skids. Not that he had a very good chance of winning to begin with, because the district is uh, heavily Republican. It's a, I think it's an R plus six, right? Which means it's just, you got plus six percentage points of difference favoring the Republicans. There's no way you can draw a district that complies with the law that would have enough Democrats in it unless you gerrymandered it and you tried to connect App State into Asheville. Right, you tried to make this like long, <laughs> this long spaghetti line that gets you all the way into App State. Uh, so, you know, the party against gerrymandering, so we are told, well, they're only against gerrymandering in Republican states, to be clear. Democrats are only opposed to gerrymandering in the Republican states. They do it in their own states. When they have control of the maps, they gerrymander the bejeebus out of them. But uh, when when they're in the minority in a state, then and then they're against it. Um, so you're not going to draw a district that's going to make it easier for a Democrat to win. Just not going to happen. Now, maybe over time you get more Democrats that that uh end up in the district, and then that does happen. But we'll see. Um, after all, I mean Buncombe County, uh, they export their youth <clears throat> and they import older retirees and people that, you know, have portable jobs, basically. That's what Buncombe County does. And so there are a lot of people that have come from someplace else, usually uh, you got Florida, New York, California. Uh, you got a good bit of people that are moving from, you know, inside the state. But uh, generally speaking, you get a lot of transplants in uh, in the Bunk- asheville buncombe area, and uh, a lot of them are left of center. They bring their stupid, broken political philosophy with them, and uh, they, well, they're in the process of destroying <clears throat> the, uh, the Golden Goose downtown. Anyway, that's a whole different topic on tourism and development I shall not get into here. But Madison Cawthorn. The congressman, he went first. Okay, people hate him. Okay, the left hates him. There are a good bit of people on the right that hate him. He's young. He's brash, uh, and they they just don't like him. Okay, so the thing is, uh, you got to know that right out of the gate, people who have an opinion about Madison Cawthorn and whether or not they like him, that informs everything. Okay, You're going to hear some of this because Madison Cawthorn can go and post anything on social media. He can post, uh, you know, happy Saturday, everybody. Hope you have a great day. Like, screw you, man. That's like, those are the replies that he gets. So, um, and I don't know, by the way, if that's going to, if that's indicative of anything, because a lot of people, he's become a target uh, of a lot of people that are not here they're from out of state they're from other parts of the state and they just attack him and he's an easy target to attack no doubt about it he's an easy target he makes himself an easy target i've said this before the stuff he posts online the the way he behaves he makes himself an easy target i'm not defending how he uh uh, how he behaves or his social media posts or anything but like of all the social media posts that people this is the latest outrage that people are are mad about he went and he posted over the weekend onto Facebook. Uh, he was in Polk County, and he's uh, he stopped by uh, the Democratic Party headquarters, and he took a picture out front, and people have now lost their minds over that. I'll get to that in a second. First, if you're losing your mind because you're not getting a good night's sleep on your mattress, then go to Mattress Man. This is where Christy and I went. We got our mattress. It's a king-size memory foam, and we love it. Uh, you can get—we're looking to actually— uh, Because it's been about nine years now. Probably actually, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe more than nine years. I think it may be a decade now. So, you know, you need to replace the mattress. We do. And so we'll be going back to Mattress Man to get our next mattress. Uh, And right now, you can celebrate spring with a free box spring at Mattress Man stores. Get a free box spring when you buy a mattress from the Biltmore Collection, inspired by our very own Local landmark. Mattress Man is an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore collection, right? It's got the luxurious design, obviously. It's also a blend of old world craftsmanship and new world exclusive technology, like the five support zones for correct spinal alignment, which means you get optimal balance of pressure point relief and support. Which means what? More restorative and a healthier sleep, right? And why wait for a new mattress either? Synchrony Finance offers zero down zero interest for up to 72 months for qualified applicants. They also have tons of flexible financing options for people with all levels of credit at Mattress Man. You can actually go to the website, mattressmanstores.com, click financing, and you can apply and get pre-approved right now. Go to mattressmanstores.com, five-star local delivery service, nationwide shipping, a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, four stores in Asheville, Hendersonville, and Arden, and uh, check out the inventory at mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. All right, so Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn, the congressman, he goes to Polk County, and he's, I don't know, doing some events or whatever out there, and um, he's got he's got a picture of himself out in front of the Polk County Democratic Party headquarters small little building and um he says quote brought cinnamon rolls to some of my constituents while visiting Polk County today they weren't in so I had to eat them all by myself and it's a picture of him uh and you know he's in his wheelchair and he's sitting in front of the building and he's eating a little cinnamon bun and oh my goodness <laughs> outrage ensues. <laughs> Um, like, do I care about this? No, I don't. It's a picture of him goofing in front of the Democratic Party headquarters. Like, I don't care. He's 25 years old. And, uh, you know, far be it for me to suggest that a lot of, you know, 20 somethings nowadays don't have a highly refined uh, uh sense of humor and, and comedic Uh, timing and appropriateness and all that. But like, I don't know, kids, I don't like, I don't get their humor. (laughs) Generally, I'm a Gen Xer, the last best generation. And so, you know, my, my sense of humor is, is, you know, finely attuned, if you will. So uh, I don't really get a lot of the kids humor. Kids today, their humor. So whatever, like, do I care? He took a picture in front of a headquarters. He's eating a cinnamon bun and he's like, oh, uh, I guess I'll eat it myself. It's a joke. Is it a troll? Is he trolling them? Okay, sure. You want to call it that? Call it that. I'm fine calling it that, too. Um, I don't know why I'm supposed to be mad about it, but uh, I came across, there's a, a fellow I used to know down in Mecklenburg County, Matthew Ridenour, he was a former county commissioner. He got all into uh, Charlotte-Mecklenburg politics when the Tea Party uh, rose up in 2010, and um He got elected to the county commission as a district rep back then. Uh, He's not in office now, as I know, as I understand it. Um, But I saw him on Facebook and he tweeted out or he sorry, posted on Facebook. He says, even as a lowly county commissioner, the thought never crossed my mind to troll or disrespect my constituents, no matter their political affiliation. Madison Cawthorn is a punk kid wholly unfit for the office to which he was elected. We should hope that our federally elected representatives exemplify the best of us, not the most base and common of us. All right. And I think uh, this fellow, Matthew now. I think he's probably about my age, I want to say. I think he's a Gen Xer. Um, and so maybe he doesn't understand the kids either. I don't know why I do that voice for the old person. It's it, yeah, it's kind of like a Yankee old person. Kind of, I don't get it. Anyway, uh, but see, I have self-awareness. I recognize what it is that I'm doing there. So uh, look, maybe he doesn't get the joke. I don't really either. It's just, you know, what I almost suspect happened was they were driving down the road or walking down the road and they see... Hey, look at that. It's the headquarters. And they're like, hey, you know, what? it'd be really hilarious. Let's get a picture in front of it. Like, I don't think it was staged. It could have been. I don't know. I don't know if it makes a difference. But um, I mean, to some extent, yes, it probably was staged in some way. But uh, like it, it more than likely, it was like a photo of opportunity. It was a trolling of opportunity. And in the grand scheme of things, do you, like, do you really think that this like he's he's trolling constituents? Is he? It, like he went out there to he's like I have because remember he says I brought cinnamon rolls to some of my constituents while visiting Polk County today they weren't in so I had to eat them all by myself so the idea here is he went to the Democratic Party headquarters to give them cinnamon rolls now the Democratic Party people responded they were like we didn't know you were coming if you had we totally would have been there which I believe by the way <laughs> I totally believe uh, because they would have wanted that photo op too like look at us yelling at Madison Gawthorne, you know they would have totally done that. Would that, was that a troll job? Would they have been trolling as well? Probably, but this is politics. That's the thing that I don't, I don't know. This is, I like, this is all just par for the course for me. Like you're going to take the photo up. You're going to take the shots at your opponents. Um, anyway, so, uh, former commissioner Ridenauer, he didn't like this. He called him a punk kid and, uh, said he was, um, uh, wholly unfit for the office uh, to which he was elected. We should hope that our federally elected representatives exemplify the best of us, not the most base and common of us. And then he did a video later on, he talked about how, you know, you teach your kids not to behave this way, right? If you teach your kids not to behave this way, why are you accepting this as an elected representative? All right. So again, I feel the need to point this out. Madison Cawthorne got through a primary because Linda Bennett finished first, he finished second in the original primary. Linda Bennett was not a good candidate. And all of the primary was tainted by the way that it was held because Mark Meadows, remember, quit to go take the job as chief of staff. And because of that, it put into motion all of this bad blood in the primary because People felt like Meadows had stiff-armed all of these other uh, potential candidates, and he kind of did. Now, you can argue he did it in order to keep, quote, the establishment people out, but the rumor has long been that Linda Bennett and Meadows' wife, Debbie, they're friends, and that this was done as a solid to Debbie Meadows' friend. I don't know that to be true, but that's always been the rumor. So um, there's a lot of bad blood. Linda Bennett, not a great campaigner, not a great candidate. She uh, she would yell at people in some of these forums, which I understand, like some of them totally deserve to be yelled at. But then they take the video, it spreads around, and it leaves a negative impression among people. So she was not a great candidate. And then here's this kid who's like poster boy you know, good looks and all this. He's got this compelling life story and he's well-known in the community, he worked for Meadows' campaign at one point, worked in the office for Mark Meadows. So he's got some connections. His father is a, a fairly well-known guy as well in the community. So, um, it, it you know, he worked at the Chick-fil-A, like people knew him and uh, they, you know, they, they liked his story. They liked the idea of him. And then he ends up beating Linda Bennett. Well, now you go to the general election. And if my choice, and it was because I live in his district, my choice was between Mo Davis, who has this violence porn fetish, you know, imagining murdering people like me, and then I've got Madison Cawthorn. (laughs) So, okay, yes, there were other candidates a Green Party candidate, not going to happen. And then Tracy De Brule, who was running as a was it independent or unaffiliated, whatever, not going to get enough votes. Just it's not going to, it wasn't going to happen. So those are the two legitimate options that I had for Congress. And who am I picking? Am I going to pick the guy that wants me dead? Why would I do that? (laughs) So that's how we ended up with Madison Cawthorn. That's not to say that he can't grow into the role. I had my concerns as well. I still do about his maturity level because he's, he's a young guy. And he does stuff that I don't really understand. I try to keep an open mind. Like, is this young guy stuff? And this is just kids today? Kids today! And I just don't understand it. I try to keep an open mind about it. Some of the stuff he says and does does make me cringe. It does make me cringe. Because it makes people on the right have to defend it. Because it's one of the things that people on the left, you guys probably aren't aware that this happens. but, But it does. Like, if you're on the right and somebody on the right does something... Then you have to defend it, or at least you're called upon to. People on the left demand that you defend it or reject it, you know, disavow or defend. And um, generally speaking, folks on the left, you guys never have to deal with that kind of pressure. I know it's it's one of the benefits. It's what that big D shield gets you. You get the shield, and then it it just it blocks, it deflects all sorts of these types of uh, these issues and criticisms and coverage. It's a very uh, it's a very privileged position to be in just generally speaking. Um, so this former county commissioner down in Mecklenburg, he posts this Facebook post and the responses start coming in. And uh, I've got a couple of them that I think are sort of indicative of the general themes that kind of manifested themselves, and I'll get to them in a second. First, you need to get to mountainhomehunt.com and take a look at some of the houses that are available uh, in Buncombe County and the area around Asheville. This is the website for Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. They outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state. She's the only agent that we called when we went to buy our house as well. You should You should too. Give her a call. Tell her you heard it here on the show. Her number is 828-333-4483. That's 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. That's the website. And uh, she's the official and only Homes for Heroes real estate agent in Asheville. Uh, This is a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from the realtor commissions. This goes to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military, so veterans, active duty, and retirees. She's given back about $800,000 so far to folks in those professions. Give her a call, 333-4483, and then start packing. All right, so uh, the responses to this Mecklenburg former Mecklenburg County Commissioner uh, calling Madison Cawthorn a, quote, punk kid, wholly unfit for the office to which he was elected. Uh, here's one from Keisha... Brasington Lineberger, who is an RNC committee woman, she said, District 11 is a different bear. She says, I've learned a lot while crisscrossing this state. The mountains are full of hardworking, super conservative, bold, brash people who will give you the shirt off their back. They want somebody to fight for them, and I can pretty much guarantee you that most of them will love Madison's Post. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment of the uh, sort of a, a prototypical Republican voter in Western North Carolina, hardworking, super conservative, bold, brash. It's that is true. It's one of the things also there's a, you know, because you got a mountain culture going on where, uh, you know, we don't care how you did it, how you did it, where you came from, you can just go back there <laughs> and keep doing it. There's also, um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, wary, not wariness, but suspicion, uh, of, of people who arrive uh, because you know you ain't from around here, and you know, and mountain people like generally knew everybody on their mountain or everybody in their holler. They knew everybody, and so uh, and and still do. Like the families all know each other and the histories and all that stuff. And so when new people arrive, it's sort of automatic suspicion. It's not like Charlotte, where Charlotte was like, "Hey, everybody, come here. We want everybody co- to come here. Buffalo, we'll take your whole city. Come on, move in." Like it's not like that <laughs> at all, and that crosses partisan lines, by the way. You you see it in these uh in these strains uh that, that come out in uh in city council rezoning decisions where these are all you know Democrat on Democrat actions and uh the, you know you've got that strain of NIMBYism and uh you know I don't want that here and we don't want more people moving here. You know, I got my slice of heaven. Now everybody else can go pound sand. Right. So there's there's that whole culture that exists. Um and I think that so I think she's got a good read on it, this uh, Keisha Brasington-Leinberger, the RNC committee woman. Um, but I also saw, here's a general theme that I saw in response to her, but also throughout this uh, Facebook uh, post was, what about all of his lies? What about his dishonesty, right? These are the people who are, quote, offended by the post, right? They're not offended by what he said, because, I mean, honestly, he, he's sitting in front of Democratic Party headquarters eating a cinnamon bun. I mean, that's, hey, I came to visit, I guess I'll eat these alone. Like, of all the things that you are offended about, this is it? Like, come on. This is not something, this should not provoke offense. It really shouldn't. Um, But what it does is it gives people a reason to express their hatred of Madison Cawthorn, right? It gives them an opportunity to say, screw you, we hate you, because they already do. They hate him. And so there's just whatever opportunity you can take to say this stuff, you know, you're going to say it now. I don't know what, uh, former commissioner ride now, or I don't know what his views are of Cawthorne, except for in this post, but generally speaking, all the people in the comment sections here, um, that are, you know, super outraged at what Cawthorne posted, they hate him. So like you start wondering, Do you hate him because he posted it, or do you hate the post because you hate him, right? And they're like both. We hate him and the post. (laughs) Uh, Then there is a response from Mike, who says who is from here, and he says, "Hey, I got a great suggestion. Worry about the crazy issues and tone deaf politicians in Charlotte, and leave the mountain folks alone." Cawthorn is my representative and I will continue voting for him. You certainly have enough to complain about in Charlotte. When you fix everything down there, let me know. <laughs> Which So again, there's the there's the attitude. We don't care what you think about here. We don't. And I understand that, by the way. Like when I because I came from Charlotte to Asheville and I learned I think within a minute of my arrival <laughs> when I was on the air, like People don't want to hear about Charlotte. So you talk... right When you, when I came as a talk show host, you, you, you can't keep talking about Charlotte. Now, I would give them points of reference. Like, in Charlotte, they did it here, which is different or the same. But I wasn't saying it like, this is a superior way to do it. I would point out, oh my gosh, this is the way it was done down there, and you guys do it way better here. Or, uh, hey, you know what? This worked down there. Might consider trying it here, but I'm not going to tell you how to do stuff here because this is like, I'm the newcomer. And by the way, that's... That's the approach I took when I arrived in Charlotte from Rock Hill and when I arrived in Rock Hill from New York. Like, I recognize that I've come to your lands (laughs) and, uh, you know, I enjoy being here. And so I'm not going to try to change it into the place that I just left. So uh, another comment here for this was from Thomas, who said, this is a trend. It's all about them. No class, no perspective and common decency. All right. And... I understand this. This is a similar criticism that Donald Trump got from me, by the way, when I was railing on him in the primary back in 2016. Um, yeah, absolutely. Guilty, right? When when people behave uh, in a fashion like this, that they don't command respect or dignity or whatever, like, oh, don't you lack any common decency? Like, I get that argument because I've made it. However, um, the decision has been made by enough of the voters inside the Republican electorate that... They prefer somebody who is going to fight and to fight in any way, shape, or form necessary because the dignified, decent approach hasn't gotten them anywhere. So they think. You can disagree with that, but that's their assessment. They prefer somebody that's going to walk towards the fight and punch the opponent in the face. Rhetorically speaking, I'm not calling for violence. Because you got to be clear about that nowadays, because if you are right of center and you say something like that, like getting into a fight, simply using that kind of rhetoric, well, that means that you're encouraging people to engage in violence. Now, if you're of the left, you feel free. You go right ahead and do whatever you want. It's the big D shield again. You get to say whatever you want. You like can literally incite violence. And then when people engage in the violence, you're not held responsible for that because you're of the left. It's, again, another privileged position. It's the leftist privilege that they enjoy. Um, But I am not an advocate for violence. But I recognize that people are seeing themselves increasingly under attack. Conservatives are seeing themselves as increasingly under attack. And um, from guys like Mo Davis, for example, who talk about crushing their spines into dust into the pavement. And that's kind of concerning. And they want somebody that's going to fight that and is going to fight as viciously as necessary to win. That's where we are. I don't like it, but that's my assessment of where we are. Now how do we walk back from that brink? Not so sure. I try not to engage in that kind of inflammatory behavior because, uh, or rhetoric because I think maybe that has something to do with it, so I'm not going to behave like that. But there are people that are saying, you know what? The fight is here, it cannot be avoided, and so we want somebody that's going to fight. That's what I learned in 2016 with Donald Trump's election. Here's another one from a guy named Michael. He says, get over it. He represents my district and I was his field director. We don't care much. Uh, w- uh, we don't care much what people outside the district think about our representation. But even if we did, while I wouldn't personally have done what he did, he's not doing actual damage to the country like most of the Congress, the president and the vice president and the military industrial complexes. Robin says, uh, OK, this one's a little petty, in my opinion. I don't really know the guy, though. <laughs> douglas said i don't understand what does this uh why does this make him unfit it looks like he was being a goofball i mean he was by the office on a saturday he clearly didn't expect anybody to be there so what's wrong with the post carlton says embarrassed isn't even the word for it when people like him uh marjorie taylor green and matt gates are the ones being championed then i sincerely question whether it's worth being called a republican uh, Bobby said, if I lived in his district, I would vote for him. We as Republicans are way too serious sometimes. I like his attitude. Kyle said, all of this vitriol over a little humor? What is going on, guys? Lighten up. And then Karen responded, Republicans have a hard time sticking together. They attack to make themselves more relevant than the person they're attacking. Too sad because the Democrats stick together no matter what. Now, uh, the commissioner, the former commissioner up there, Matthew Ridenour, he did respond If not to this comment, but to the similar sentiment that, uh, you know, why don't we stick together? Democrats do. And I think he made an accurate point, which was there's this belief on the left that the Republicans stick together on everything. I've said this before, like people on the right believe that the left is so like super unified. They take their marching orders and they're like ruthless. They're better than us when it comes to playing dirty. They bo- both sides believe this about their opponents. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon. <laughs> um, Alright, so I've got also this article or the column written by John Boyle at the Citizen Times, headline Madison Cawthorn, time to grow up and just do your job. Uh, I'm going to get to that in a second first. Uh, speaking of jobs, if you need to get a job done and you need the right tool for it, then you need to go to General Equipment Rental. They are in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They're family owned and operated, have been for three Generations, fantastic people, and they know their stuff. I mean, you do it this long, right? You, if you do it this long, you know all this equipment. They are your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. So, if you're looking to purchase some like outdoor equipment for the home, or I mean, even at a commercial level, they've got you. They got you covered, and they know what all the equipment does. Year to year changes differences between models and series and such. Also, if you're looking to rent tools and equipment, general equipment rental, same spot, Uh, because Th- they've got all of the stuff that you need to get the job done correctly and quickly. And they're going to show you how to use it. They service what they sell by the way. Uh, so like they're going to show you how to use the equipment. So first off you don't break it, but also so they, so you get the job done correctly. Like they don't want you to go to a site, do your job site or bring it home and not know what you're doing with this tool. Cause you're just going to get frustrated. You're going to bring it back and the job's not going to be done. And they don't want that. They want to help you. So go to general equipment rental, uh, and tell them I sent you. You can go to GeneralRents.com is their website. Check out the inventory and all the deals that they offer because uh, they're always running deals. General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. So John Boyle is a columnist uh, and writer at the Asheville Citizen Times, and uh, he says somebody may want to introduce our young congressman, Madison Cawthorne, to a concept called karma, and then he proceeds to explain what karma is and ties it to Christianity, and, and he says when Cawthorne recently mocked fellow Republican Liz Cheney after she was removed from a top congressional leadership spot because she had the audacity to call out Donald Trump's big election steal lie. I had to cringe. Cawthorne, 25 and certainly not even showing the maturity of that age, tweeted, quote, na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye, Liz Cheney. Quoting the lyrics from an old 1960s song most commonly used by poor sports to rub in a pending athletic victory. I really, <laughs> right. which is true, right? That's true. That's, and that's why Cawthorn did it, right? Rubber face in it. He says, I really don't want to spend two years chiding Cawthorn who lives in Henderson County and was elected last November for lacking class, being a poor sport and constantly showcasing his immaturity, but he just won't stop doing all three. So I have to say these things. It's almost as if he cannot fathom a day, say in 2022, when he loses his seat in Congress. Well, well, why do you think that, Mr. Boyle? See, here's the thing. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't care, <laughs> right? Maybe he doesn't care. OK, if I lose and someone's going to rub my face in it. OK, like, honestly, just because you care about it and maybe your feelings would be hurt. And oh, my gosh, oh, why behave like that? Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe that's. That's not in his uh, portfolio of feelings. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just, it's an assumption. I want to ask him about it, but he says, we'll get to that in a minute. I also want to note that while Cawthorne has plenty of time for childish tweets mirroring the pettiness of his post-election cry-more-lib tweet, yeah, remember he tweeted that after the election, cry-more-lib, he doesn't seem to have as much time for actually conducting the business of Congress. Um, that we sent him to Washington to do. Uh, then he's got a quote from uh, Chris Saliza, Washington Post, that is actually quoting Axios, which looked at um, his voting records and it found out that he missed 16% uh, of the votes, which is more than any other freshman member of Congress. <laughs> OK, it's full disclosure. And I always say these types of things like I am usually fine with Congress not doing anything. My default position is gridlock is good. I prefer the federal government to not do stuff, first of all. OK, first of all. Now, second of all, um, this idea that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's not voting in the minority. I, I don't understand this argument. Like, Well, I do. I find it dishonest. I find this to be a dishonest argument, okay? Because he says, um, you know, uh, Cawthorne's spokesman said that part of the absenteeism came from him being on his honeymoon. He got married. He went on his honeymoon. Democrats scheduled, like, a bunch of votes. There were, like, 15 votes or something they scheduled, and he missed them. Now, he could have had somebody vote his proxy, which is allowable under the COVID rules. He could have done that, but he didn't. But honestly, does it matter? Like, Seriously, he he's voting against Nancy Pelosi's agenda on everything. So, does it really matter that he has the no vote registered? Like, do you think that that means he's more or less working for the people? He's not getting anything done as a freshman. First of all, secondly, as a freshman uh, in the minority party, it, not, it, he's not he's not going to get anything done. The only way he would get stuff done is if he did stuff Democrats wanted right this and this is see this is what i mean this is at the heart of this dishonest argument that oh i can't believe he's missed 16% of the votes like oh so you want him there casting votes and and bogging down the democrat agenda right you hate the way he votes but you demand he do so so in other words what you're demanding is that he just be somebody else this is at the heart of this argument, I think. Look, you want to run against him and make this a campaign issue? Go right ahead. Seriously, go right ahead, and it'll matter for some people. Like, he missed 16.2% of the votes as a freshman. He's too busy doing these other things, working for somebody else, not us. You want to make all of those arguments, you know, it's good campaign material. I'm sure it'll work um, and convince some other uh, constituents. But practically speaking, what kind of impact do you think he has? Seriously, I'm reminded of something that Congressman Patrick McHenry told me years ago. He's the 10th congressional district uh, representative. And McHenry said, look, uh, you can be a bomb thrower or you can get stuff done. And the chamber needs both. Right? The chamber needs both. Both parties need both of these. Like There are people that throw the bombs, and then there are people that are you know, the ones that work behind the scene. They're thoughtful and serious, and they craft the legislation. And, but, and you need both of these types of people in the lawmaking business, because the bomb throwers keep people in line. They do. From the left and from the right. They keep people in line from your own party, like Madison Cawthorne, if he's going to be a bomb thrower... Probably he's going to hit some of his uh his own uh party mates like Liz Cheney, right keeps people in line. you don't want to anger the bomb throwing part <laughs> of the uh of the caucus right but you also need people to work on the legislation. The problem when you're the minority party is you don't get a lot of opportunities to actually have an impact. Talk to the Democrats at the state House they know this. Few and far between, there are the opportunities where they can actually have an impact and craft legislation that actually gets passed that they agree with and Republicans agree with. It's just a lot of this criticism is obviously rooted in, I hate Madison Cawthorn, and so therefore I hate what he did. Or I hate what he didn't do in this case, which is to show up and vote against Nancy Pelosi's agenda. Um, He goes on to say, to be clear, this is John Boyle again, I don't feel that Cawthorne is a bad person. I just find one of his core character traits to be hubris. Another word he may want to study a bit. The definition is excessive pride or self-confidence. Okay. Yeah, probably so. I would venture to guess the vast majority of people that run for elected office suffer the same character flaw. And probably most people in media too. <laughs> right? I, don't, I mean, think about it, right? Especially in Congress or any elected office for that matter, um, you you go to the job interview saying, you need to fire that guy and give me his job. And I think that requires a certain amount of ego, don't you think, right? To get up there and actively lobby for somebody to be fired so you can do the job that they're doing. Think about your own workplace You know, would you do something like that in your own workplace? Hey, boss, you need to fire Joe over there and let me do his job because I could do it so much better than him. (laughs) By April 15th, Cawthorne had already had five Democrats and one Republican who had filed to run him against uh, against him in 2022. It's the largest challenger field any 11th district incumbent has seen at this point in an election, according to 20 years of state elections records as reported by my colleague, Joel Burgess, who is a Democrat activist with a byline. Um, So first off, okay, this is a census year. So what that means is there are a lot of districts that we don't know what they're going to look like at the state level and the county levels and such. And so what happens is you have a lot of people that are reserving uh, uh, their announcements. They don't know what district they're going to be in, so they don't want to announce what they're going to run for at this time. So what that means is the federal races, though, you don't like a congressman, you don't even have to live in the district to run for it. You just have to live there if you win. And so you can file to run for those seats. You got you got and to be clear, there's one Republican challenger. Okay? One. There's one Republican challenger uh and uh what's her name? Nevarez, I believe, and uh if I recall correctly, I pulled her voter card and I think she actually has been voting in some Democrat primaries. So uh I'm not so sure he's getting a whole lot of challenges right now. Now he may. Um, there's been this effort uh, in the citizen times. They keep talking about Chuck Edwards, the state Senator um, who has been publicly critical of Cawthorn already. And so he may run. There's the former Henderson County Sheriff, George Irwin, who was quoted extensively in Boyle's column about this. Um, he said though, that he's not, uh, he's not going to run. Um, and then he said that the country is starving for statesmen and, Um, he wants to see that from either party, he says, uh, someone who doesn't taunt a colleague after her removal, especially when she made an ethical stand. That's what John Boyle writes. And maybe, um, he says, Cawthorn should close down his Telegram account. What is that a reference to? I'll tell you in a second. First, old grouch's military surplus. um, Don't need a Telegram to tell you this. You just walk on into the store. You're going to find out he's got tons of real U.S. military surplus. He gets new stuff in all the time, by the way. Um, I just... uh, I, had a, I talked with him uh, via Facebook Messenger the other day, and he was like, oh, I'm at a show. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's always getting new stuff in, which, by the way, if you have some military surplus that you're interested in getting priced, head on down there and, and talk with Tim. And uh, he'll take a look at your stuff and uh, maybe make you an offer. He's got tons of stuff, first aid kits, camp stoves, backpacks, ammo cans, cans gun accessories. Uh, He'll hook you up. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday, and it's across the street from the Anti-Aircraft Gun and at oldgrouch.com. So Telegram is a platform like Facebook or Twitter, and uh, John Boyle at the Citizen Times would like to see Madison Cawthorn delete his Telegram account because... Cawthorne posted something the other day about Ilan Omar, the congresswoman from Minnesota. And um, Cawthorne, his campaign said, you know, we condemn any abusive comments and that they'll take action. Uh, I think uh, they took down or they deleted some of those comments. They got taken down. Um, But Boyle says Cawthorne just keeps provoking these reactions through his poorly thought out tweets, comments and social media posts. By the way, as I mentioned earlier, have you seen some of the reactions that Cawthorn gets when he just posts benign stuff? Like, it's amazing to me, like, well, he's a representative, so he should be better. Okay, but you realize, like, this is what he is battling all day, every day, whenever they post anything, even something like, hey, was in Polk County, it's like, go to hell, man! You know, that's the reaction that they get from the left. So, like this idea that he's supposed to rise above all of this. Meanwhile, you've got you know people in uh, in Congress that are saying some of these things as well against him and against Republicans. And you know, you're a Nazi. You're like really, I'm, I'm I'm supposed to just what play nice with people who call me a Nazi? No, you can go to hell. Seriously, like I I have no I have no issue fighting with people at the level they engage me at. None and i know that's not very christian <clears throat> but um when you're in the political arena i think sometimes it's required so he then says um that oh that the these tweets or the posts that this is what is uh is fomenting this so once again when republicans say something cuz what Uh, Madison Cawthorn said on this Telegram post, he uh, he put a picture of um, Congresswoman Ilan Omar up there, and he said far left Democrats have chosen terrorism over tolerant freedom. The Muslim Brotherhood is a purveyor of terror. Democrats are on the wrong side of history, and it's not even an argument. Okay, this is obviously in line with what's happening with Israel and the Palestinians and the rise of anti-Semitism. You have attacks against Jews occurring in major cities all over America, all over the world. And Democrats, they've got they've got several people in their caucus that are pretty outright anti-Semitic. Okay? And uh, by the way, the attacks on Jews in these cities and the Democrats' hesitancy to condemn them for days uh, lays bare the lie that, oh, I'm not anti-Jewish. I'm just anti-Zionist or anti-Israel. I'm just objecting to Israeli policy, right? Okay, well, if it's just about Israeli policy, then why aren't you condemning the attacks on some random Jew in New York City? Right. Why are you quiet on that? Because you were all up front with the anti Asian hate stuff. Right. You were Johnny on the spot with that stuff. But where are you now with the the attacks on Jewish people? So this is what Cawthorne was highlighting in the post. And then you get people who, of course, they go way too far and they, uh, you know, they make stupid jokes. They make stupid comments. And in some cases, they apparently make violent comments. Those should be reported. And he said they condemn them. They don't stand by them. Okay, so here's what John Boyle says. Here's an idea. Don't provoke those threats and dangerous rhetoric in the first place with divisive, ridiculous, partisan claims. In other words, behave like a grown-up, do your job, and realize you're in D.C. to serve all the people here in the mountains, not just the far right. If you could just be nicer while we call you a Nazi rapist. Okay, I, I added the last line. But that's, that's what they're telling him to be. That's that's the recommendation here. Why can't you just sit back and take it, man? Like we're gonna call you all these nasty things, and we're gonna destroy your character. We're gonna drag your name through the mud. We're gonna rip on your family and all this. Because this is a piece from the uh, same paper, Joel Burgess. This article about the uh, the Telegram Post, uh, where you will notice that they describe Cawthorn uh, is uh, joining members on Telegram. Uh, joining members of the Republican Party's fringe, such as former QAnon supporter or proponent Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and gun-toting Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado, you notice the descriptions that he slaps onto those two candidates or uh, uh, congressmembers. He doesn't he doesn't give that to Omar. What do you think? What do you think such a subjective adjective might be on Ilhan Omar? Right. Could it be something like, uh, I don't know, anti Semite adjacent? <laughs> right? Dabbling in anti Semitism? And then he says Cawthorne faced criticism for symbols and language favored by fascist groups. No, again, this was the Molan Labe, the come and take it logo. That's Second Amendment stuff. And, um, and then the Betsy Ross flag, which was a response to Colin Kaepernick's uh, demand that Nike quit using the Betsy Ross logo on a shoe because he said uh, it's a sign of white supremacy. And so conservatives said, screw you, we love the Betsy Ross flag. Those were the symbols. Those were the symbols that the left and this activist reporter guy, Joel Burgess, is citing as proof of... See, this is how a narrative calcifies. You just say it enough times early on, and then it becomes boilerplate in every future story. So, the, so he didn't even name them anymore. He just says that uh, he faced criticism for symbols and language symbols. Betsy Ross flag. It's one of the f- flags of our country. It's a Betsy Ross flag. That that is a symbol, but now it gets lumped in with favored by fascist groups. Though he denied any links to extremists, pointing to his wife who he says is biracial. Oh, so that's it. So, so you don't believe him? You, you, you want to qualify that with this, he says she's biracial. And what does that do? It leaves this little element of doubt. Well, maybe she's not. Maybe he's lying and he's just saying that. (laughs) That's the way Madison Cawthorne gets treated. Um, The Post, uh, by the way, he linked to a Washington Free Beacon article uh, that said, Israel haters, this was the headline from the Washington Free Beacon, Israel haters in Congress outraged Biden defended the Jewish state. That was the headline. And they were, by the way, and it featured a picture of Omar, uh, Ilan Omar. The post drew about 200 comments, including several that Omar uh, that called Omar a terrorist and suggested violence against her. Cawthorn uh, and his spokesman sent uh, out a, uh, a statement saying uh, that they condemn the abusive comments uh, and that he would take action, quote, threats of violence and other dangerous rhetoric have no place in the Republican Party. I strongly condemn any statement threatening another member of Congress with violence. I have tasked my campaign team to look into these statements and take appropriate action, he said. Um, And then uh, the reports as moderators with Telegram did not respond to questions from the Citizen Times about it. Um, So again, Uh, They're going to lay any kind of potential violence at Madison Cawthorn's feet for that. Uh, In a completely unrelated story, the FBI quietly admitted that the 2017 shooting of a whole bunch of Republicans that were out playing baseball in a public park, uh, that the guy who did it, the far left radical who tried to murder several GOP members of Congress, that that was in fact... Domestic terrorism. The Washington Examiner reported that the uh, FBI chief, Christopher Wray, was confronted by Republican lawmakers over the agency classifying the shooting as suicide by cop under a previous director. This is what this is what it was determined to be initially: suicide by cop. The Washington Examiner, though, found in a report that was released uh, a couple days ago uh, that the FBI had changed that designation, now calling it domestic terrorism. Uh, and they didn't tell anybody. They didn't give anybody a heads up. They just changed it. Um, yeah, the description of the event reads as following now, quote, an individual with a personal violent ideology targeted and shot Republican members of Congress at a baseball field and wounded five people. The subject died as a result of engagement with law enforcement. Back in April, Republican Representative Brad Wenstrup from Ohio, Republican, um, who was present at the shooting, he revealed during a House Intelligence Committee hearing that the FBI had classified the case as a suicide by cop. And he objected to that. He took issue with it. Um, And he asked the director, like, why would you call it that? Because there's literally no evidence to support that at all. The guy had a hit list. That's not... He had a hit list. There was also... No obvious police presence there. The Capitol Hill police that was on, they, the two officers who were there. Apparently, uh, they were in their car. This according to theblaze.com. dot com. Scalise, so Steve Scalise, the House uh, uh, Majority Whip, uh, who was the most seriously injured. Scalise's security detail um, was there because he's a member of the House GOP leadership, and if he wasn't at the park that day. There would have been no officers there. There would have been no law enforcement presence during that practice. Also, the officers were wearing plain clothes, and they were sitting inside of an unmarked vehicle. So how is that a suicide by cop? This guy who carried out that attack that is now classified as domestic violence... um that guy had all sorts of anti-republican rantings on his facebook page and he was fueled by the rhetoric of the left specifically bernie sanders now bernie sanders condemned the attack right bernie sanders condemned just like madison cawthorn has but i don't see anybody saying bernie sanders and the left they need to dial down this rhetoric i don't hear that coming from folks like john boyle now, maybe it's because, you know, Madison Cawthorn's the local congressman. And so, you know, you're going to make a difference at home. That's possible. I'm not buying it, but it's possible. That's a wrap for the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. And remember, subscribe at the dot com. And uh, we'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.